재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It's time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today, I'll be reading from Kim Sum's Amudo Dorauji Annen Pam, or The Night Nobody Returns, a story of a pregnant woman and her father-in-law. In this story, an old man lives with his son and daughter-in-law after a stroke and hopes to move into a convalescent home soon. What he doesn't know is that his son made a bad investment choice with his father's money and lost all of it. In the meantime, the old man drinks duck bone broth every day and it is the job of the daughter-in-law who's suffering from terrible morning sickness to make this duck broth for him. Tensions run high. I'll be back after Celia Viga singing Everybody is Alone. The Night Nobody Returns Home by Kim Sum. It was past eight in the evening, but her husband hadn't returned. Putting thoughts of her husband aside, the woman considered the fact that the old man had gone out for a night walk and should have returned home already. He had left home over an hour before. Her husband often came home later than the time he said he would. Sometimes he was two or three hours late without letting her know. He was an employee in the sales department of an ink manufacturing company, so company dinners turned up unexpectedly and he had to attend. A couple of days before, he promised that he would be back by nine at the latest, but he had come home drunk, close to midnight. As she transferred the crisply grilled mackerel onto a plate, she heard footsteps coming up the stairs, and then the front door of some condo unit in the building opened and shut. She placed the mackerel plate on the table. Was that the woman in Unit 202? She turned off the gas stove on which she had warmed the spinach bean paste soup. The dark, soggy, tongue-like spinach pieces swirled in the yellowish soup. She fished up a piece of spinach with her chopsticks and placed the whole thing in her mouth. She managed to swallow the spinach that kept wrapping around her tongue as if to choke her and then looked up at the living room clock. In fact, she had been waiting for the woman who lived in Unit 202 as well as her husband and father-in-law. She had seen her several times in the building coming up and down the stairs. 
other than that she had never really talked to her. The only reason for her waiting for the woman was the outrageous thing the old man had told her the night before. The woman living in the unit below us will bring 300,001 tomorrow evening. The unit below us was 202. I loaned her 300,001. I told her to return it to you. To me? She said she would pay it back tomorrow evening. But why to me? She promised that she would pay it back. Yes, definitely. She didn't know what else to say. Once you receive it, you can use it however you want to. After saying so, the old man went for a walk. Why on earth had he loaned 300,001 to the woman living in Unit 202 when he probably didn't know her well enough? Nonetheless, she felt good secretly thinking about the windfall. As a matter of fact, their family budget had always been in the red after she'd gotten pregnant. Money always became tight after the monthly installment savings and utility bills. Two months back, the bank balance was negative because she had had the amniotic fluid test done, which was not covered by their health insurance plan. Where had he gotten the money to lend to the woman living in Unit 202 and as much as 300,001 at that? Perhaps he had some money stashed away behind her husband's back? Her husband clearly wasn't secretly giving him any pocket money, and yet he was getting by. In fact, he neither smoked nor drank, so he didn't really spend money. He was not the type who enjoyed outings either. He seemed to have few friends. She had never seen him call anybody, not even his daughter in Suwon. Was he on such friendly terms with her that he could readily lend her that much money? It seemed highly unlikely, considering his personality. After all, he never even talked to her, his own daughter-in-law. Moreover, the woman in Unit 202 seemed to have a job, judging by the fact that she was never home during the day. Although they lived in the same condo building, they had never had any decent conversation. All she knew about the woman in Unit 202 was that she was in her mid to late 40s and lived with her husband and two daughters. Well, what do I really know about the old man anyway? For some reason, she felt that the old man knew everything about the people living in that building. Perhaps he knew every detail of their lives, yet pretended ignorance. The old man, in fact, must have known that she was throwing away the duck bone broth he made, and yet he acted as if he didn't know. He had definitely seen her ladling out the broth and pouring it down the kitchen sink. Strange to say, what made her so upset was none other than the fact that the old man had never told on her to his son. That was not the only thing he pretended to be unaware of. He knew that she dumped all the leftover rice and soup from his meals in the garbage. That she washed his clothes separately. That she wiped the toilet seat using plenty of disinfectant each time he used the washroom. He pretended that he had absolutely no knowledge of any of this.
She was reminded that the old man had moved in with her and her husband almost two years before. He had been healthy until the day he suffered a stroke, and the couple had no choice but to have him move in with them. While he was in the hospital, he recovered quickly. Nevertheless, his speech and movement became inarticulate and slower than before. Her husband sold the condo where the old man had lived alone and invested the money in the stocks and funds only to lose all of it eight months later. It was at the peak of the funds craze. Her husband undersold the old man's condo in a rush and lost three, four million won over the sale. The condo was all that the old man had. Whether she liked it or not, she had to live with the old man. All of a sudden, she stiffened her shoulders and looked around. She felt like the old man was staring at her from behind. Even in the middle of a nap, she would wake up, startled by the sense that the old man was staring down at her. Whether she was washing dishes, vacuuming, hanging laundry in the veranda, reading the newspaper, or watching TV, she would habitually look around to check. She developed this habit for good reason. About a year after the old man moved in with the young couple, one day, her husband was supposed to be back home around 8 in the evening, but instead he was over an hour late, as usual. She had to eat dinner with the old man, just the two of them, face to face. At one point, she looked up and saw the old man staring at her. What is it? Something wrong? Why are you staring at me? The old man just sat there, staring at her, his mouth clasped shut. He wasn't doing anything particularly threatening, but she was overwhelmed by an unfamiliar and inexplicable fear. She didn't know what to think of it. Anyway, from that evening on, she absolutely refused to eat with him alone. Whenever her husband was late, she would set the table for the old man and go into her room. After the old man finished eating, she would come out and eat alone. The old man seemed to like that arrangement, and after his meal, he would quietly retreat to his room and stay there until she was done. Once in a while, when her husband returned home early, she would sit down at the table with her husband and the old man, feigning nonchalance. The old man's recovery was well advanced. Nonetheless, he still showed signs of palsy. Many times she saw his right hand shaking as he spooned up the duck bone broth. His hand shook so badly that the broth would rain back into the bowl, but she pretended not to see. It must have been painful for the old man to get the broth from the large steaming pot one ladleful after another. As arduous as lifting bricks, one by one. But she never once ladled the soup for him. What if he collapsed again? Wouldn't she have to take care of the bed-bound palsy patient and the newborn at the same time? And while on the topic of the old man and his difficulties, why wasn't the woman in Unit 202 coming to return the money? Perhaps she'd forgotten all about the 300,001? She felt impatient, as if it was her, not the old man, who had loaned the money to the woman in the first place. Well, he told her to return it to me, so the money's mine. Mine. She had already thought about what to do with the money. She would buy clothes for the baby and a chest of drawers. 300,001 could buy a decent chest of drawers.
The songs we played in between were Xavier Cuga's Maria Elena, followed by the Turtles' Happy Together. Today I read from Kim Sum's Amodo Dorawji Annan Pam, or The Night Nobody Returns Home, translated by Chun Biseri. The story was published as part of the Asia Publishers K Fiction Bilingual Editions. Copies are available any place where books are sold. Here's how one critic describes Kim Sum. At a time when even fantasies and magic remind us of our confinement to reality, the grotesque reality that Kim Sum weaves encases us to reality. No matter where you go in the world of Kim Sum's fiction, you will come face to face with the images of the cruelty of life that could be considered the film negative of existence. It is time for this week's quote. This week's quote is from On Love by Alain de Botton. Everyone returns us to a different sense of ourselves. For we become a little of who they think we are. Once again, that was a quote from Alain de Botton on love. We have arrived at the end of our show. Please go to our website if you would like to learn more about next week's topic. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week and tune in again next Sunday at 10 a.m. for another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Wish You Were Here by Bliss. Oh, like a song, yeah.